I think he gives us a vision and then we take that vision and we go, oh, I want to control it. Um, but it doesn't always look the way we think. So you have to completely surrender to that. Hey friends, you're listening to the Difference Makers Podcast and I'm your host, Jamie Mullins. On each monthly episode, we'll have a guest that will give us a peek into what it looks like for them to be a difference maker, a leader in the places God has given them influence. My hope is that it leaves you encouraged to use your gifts, passions, and story to go make a difference right where you are. Welcome to episode two of the Difference Makers podcast. It's our goal every month to equip and encourage leaders to use their gifts, their passions, and their story to make a difference right where they are today. Um, Each month we're having conversations with leaders who are changing their corner of the world. And today I'm so excited to have with me Michelle Connor. She's the founder of Grace Like Rain Ministries. And um, I just really, today I wanna start at the beginning. There's so many people who have heard about Grace Like Rain because you guys are a ministry partner of Cross Timbers and we hear the stories of what you're doing to impact people's lives. But what everyone doesn't know is the story behind the story. And so I'd love to just start, Michelle, with having you share the part of your story that that people may not know and and kind of what was the catalyst for for the dream of Grace Like Rain. Okay. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be able to just chat about my passion and my vision and mission for Grace Like Rain. But um When I started off as a parent in life, I was a single mom. Mm. Um, Of course, I made some decisions in my life that led me to that path and not anything that I was proud of, but not, you know, I firmly believe that God used that um, to put me where I am today, but to teach me and even to reach me through being a single mom. Mm. So um, it was hard. It's always hard being a single mom. Um, You're responsible for parenting from both sides and there was just a lot of it. So it was hard, but I had an amazing family and an amazing community around me. And so I don't know, you know, we didn't miss a lot. I I know, you know, there was things that Michaela and my daughter probably did miss, Mm -hmm. but we had, I had an uncle that was amazing and would take her out on special dates and and try to fill that role of a father. And, Mm -hmm. and actually, you know, my dad was amazing and always instrumental in her life. So we had key people in our lives to pour into us that helped bring us into that relationship. I actually um, fully accepted Christ into my life after um, probably a little bit after she was born. And I think it was because of the love and the community and the people that surrounded us through some of that. Wow. So talk about maybe one of those hard moments that you might have felt alone, but because of the community around you, you ha- you felt like you could have courage. Yeah. So um, just actually just day-to-day stuff. I mean, you we think uh, when you have kids, your kids get sick yeah. um, and the school calls and says, hey, I need you to come get your kid. And mm. as a single mom, you're the sole provider for your family. So you're having to work. You need those hours. You need that work. You need that income so that you can pay for rent or food. Or, I mean, it comes down to literally putting a roof over your child's head right. or feeding them at, in the afternoon. Um and so when you get that call from the school, your stomach sinks because mm. you don't, you're like, oh, I can't, if I leave work, I miss that $10 an hour or $12 mm. an hour, that's rent. And so you start panicking, 
But that community, those people, that made the difference for me because I had a mom, I had an aunt, I had an uncle, I had a friend that I could call in those crisis moments um, that could go pick her up from school when she was sick. Um, so that, I mean, those, that is one that just sticks yeah, out. It's the everyday. Every and day. With that, because you got to see the impact that community made mm-hmm. on you being a single mom mm-hmm. and that it did help you through all of the hard moments. Can you think back to the moment that you knew, okay, this part of my story, God wants to use it so that I can make a difference in the lives of other people? Yeah, so I'm gonna throw a little, another little piece in there because um, fast forward after having Mikaelin and I'm trying to think of even how old she was, but it was eight years ago from today that, uh, or not today, but eight years ago that I was diagnosed with um, stage three ovarian cancer. And at that time in our lives, we were living in Maryland. Um, we only had two family members with us. Wow. Um, I was a director of a summer camp at our church. My husband was in the peak of his, peak of his career. We had five kids. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crazy busy times. Our youngest was 18 months old. And when I was diagnosed, I panicked. Mm. I mean, it, it's this seeking, this gut feeling of just what are you gonna do and how are we gonna make it through this and how are we gonna move forward and how are we gonna do this? And I had someone tell me at the very beginning, lean on the people that are asking if they can help. Mm. Don't tell them no. If they ask if they can do something, give them something to do. If you don't, you're robbing them of their blessings. And I was like, okay. So anyways, in this time I learned again, back on community. We did not miss a beat through cancer. We had a community, wow. we had family, we had our church, we had so many people that literally, I feel like carried us through my chemo treatments and everything. So I learned a lot more about community in that moment. So he took single mama, he took cancer, wow. he's teaching me about community. Fast forward, four years ago, we moved back to Texas and I knew that God had a purpose in it. We just yeah. didn't, we, you know, we were, what is that? And we, ke- I kept hearing community, hmm. pour into your community, learn about community, keep building this community. And we moved into Harvest, which is close by here in Argyle and an amazing community. Yeah. And that's what I was doing. We were the beginning and I was pouring in and loving on people and building relationships and growing this amazing neighborhood and community. And God, I like specifically remember sitting at a table one morning and God said, but you're too comfortable. <laughs> Don't we love those words? <laughs> oh my goodness. And yeah, so I had to explore what that was. What yeah. what is that comfort and what is uncomfortable? What do you mean by that? Cuz I wanted I wanted to stay where I was cuz I right. was I was comfortable. Um and at that moment um and just exploring that process, God began to show me families that were really struggling either with financial crisis, single parents, um, homeless, yeah. jobless, carless, all the things that go into trauma and crisis in these families, they were alone. Mm. They didn't have a support system. They didn't have community. They didn't have neighbors. Um, and so really that's where it was birthed from is that that idea and that strong sense of community and family that I had grown up with my entire life, right. um, seen through cancer, seen the hands and feet of Christ and the people that were walking alongside me and then seeing it not happening for our families and going, wow, why, if we walked alongside these families mm. with no judgment, just unconditional love and walked with them, what would that look like? Mm. And how 
how could they grow? And maybe we begin to see lives change for the future because they just have that neighbor. Wow, so cool. So you hear clearly, okay, Michelle, you're too comfortable. Mm -hmm. I want you to take what I've given you. He clearly gave you this gift of community. And then he gave you eyes to see people around you who didn't have that same gift and your heart and your desire to provide that for them. But there's a difference between just hearing the Lord speak and then actually putting feet to what you know he's called you to do, which that's the uncomfortable place. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I hear you, Lord. You tell me to do something, but then we actually have to do something with it. So you heard him clearly tell you, this is what I want you to do. But what what was the first step in this journey to what is now Grace Like Rain? Grace Like Rain. Um, I would say talking. I mean, you have to tell people your vision. You have to step out of that comfort zone and start sharing what might seem crazy to other people Mm -hmm. um, with other people. And so I did. I started talking about it with others. Um, I found some other organizations to get involved in that began to give me just more of an eye for what what I felt like God, the direction God was calling me. Yeah. Um, And we just we began to form a team of people really um, that had the same passion and the same heart. And we started meeting on a regular basis and we just said, hey, what would this look like if we did something like Mm -hmm. this? Um, If we followed this crazy vision and just moved forward. And so that, I mean, I would say that's the first thing is, is just that kind funny, of community. Meeting. Yeah, community, <laughs> build build the community. Yeah. So that's what we did. We started meeting um, and then, yeah, things just kind of happened. <laughs> right, It's it happened. It's 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 been amazing just as someone who got to meet you early on in the stages of that to watch God's hand on it and to watch the way that he's accelerated the vision of, of what he gave you, the dream that he originally put in your heart. And while it's amazing, you can I can look now and see the countless lives that you guys are touching through the ministry of grace like rain. I'm sure that it hasn't always been up and to the right. Like it probably has not just been this straight up journey and everything's always amazing. It's incredible. And I think that sometimes people feel like if there's hardships that God must not be in it, if there's challenges, then I'm going to step back because it's probably not what God's calling me to. And so I think it's helpful for people to hear, like it isn't always up into the right. So could you share maybe some of the unique struggles that you faced as you were walking towards what God's called you to? Yeah, so no, it's not easy all the time. It's still not easy every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's, I, I would say, and I, as I was processing these questions, the first thing I thought about was kind of your your naysayers or your doubters mm-hmm. or your um when you step into doing something that is different than what the world would see mm-hmm. and um, what the world might do, you're gonna have people doubt. Yeah, You're gonna have people question you. You're gonna have people um, tell you it's not possible. You're gonna have people, that's too big of a dream. That's too <laughs> big of a goal. And so that, that alone can be hard because you have to continue um, to just focus and just focus on what God is telling you to do and in staying in tune to him because he is the one that's leading the way and he is the one that's showing it. And he makes those, the doubters a little easier to, to drown out that because he's the one pushing you and leading you and, and you're following him each step of the way. So that was one of the, the biggest things um, when you do something like this, also there's financial. I mean, <laughs> we you know we started off just thinking, oh, we're gonna be good friends and neighbors and and love. We want to love people where right. they are and just walk alongside them. But 
we realized very quickly that um, you have to get someone to a kind of stable place to be able to reach them. Mm. You have to create some level of stability as far as in housing or childcare or jobs or transportation, whatever it is. And you have to have money to do that. Mm. And um, there's so much more to it sometimes um, than what you originally think. And so I think, I don't know, just staying focused, but the hard things are definitely that the naysayers and then just coming up, jumping over those hurdles when they hit, when they come in front of you. Absolutely. I think it's, it's so like the Lord, like he, he'll give us this big dream, this big vision. And I think if he was to show us all the challenges that we would walk through, we probably would say, maybe you should pick somebody else, but it's in the, it's in the middle of it as we just take one more step of obedience that is relying on him that gets us through them. And so that we don't have to see, we, as long as we know the destination, the path to get there can change a little bit. But so practically, what does it look like for you? Like in the middle of the challenges, you know that the Lord's guiding you and directing you. What does it practically look like for you as a leader, as a difference maker to press into his voice above the others? I'm listening. Um, I, I say moment by moment, day by day, week by week. Um, I, I have a big vision and I see a big vision but I trust him to get me there moment mm. by moment, day by day, week by week. It's good. Because he's, like you said, that path is not always gonna look the way um, we think. Toby said something this last week about surrender um, and control. And <laughs> I think he gives us a vision and then we take that vision and we go, oh, I wanna control it. Um, but it doesn't always look the way we think. So right? we have to completely surrender to that. and. By no means am I perfect. I the, <laughs> I mess up all the see all the time, um, and I think that's humility. It's good focus um, surrounding my pe- myself with people mm-hmm. that are focused and doing the same thing. Um, you know, our our church bodies, our small groups, our friends, our neighbors, the people, our community right. that is pouring into us makes a difference. And of course, reading his word. And I love podcasts and sermons. Yeah. And I listen to, there's so many different pastors that I just love to listen to. Um, so all those things that just keeping them focused on him and the, the stuff that I am listening and putting in is Christ-like and God-centered. That's good. It helps. Yeah. And it does, when his voice is the main one that you're listening to, the other ones don't seem quite as loud. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> and then you have your community that can lift you up when it does get hard. That's right. So, yeah. That's so, it's so key. I think, obviously, I mean, we talk about here the triangle of strength that you've got the the Holy Spirit who is leading you. He's your He's your our guide, like right side by side with us. And then we've got Scripture to lean into to hearing God's voice. But then the other part of it is that we have to have relationships that matter. We have to have community yes. because there are times that that His voice is that still small voice, and we just need somebody to speak loud into our ear to remind us of the truth of who He is and what He's called us to. Oh yes, <laughs> and, and I. You know, um, loving people and working with people is messy. I mean, I'm a messy person. You're a messy, we're Mm -hmm. all messy people. Yes. (laughs) And so um, there are, there are times that you're, you get to a place that's just really hard and you're broken and you're hurting and you've been hurt or, um, you know, maybe your actions hurt somebody else. I mean, whatever it is, you're hurting and you want to, there's been times that I've wanted to throw my hands up in the air and say, "I, I can't do this anymore. And it's in those moments that you see 
God worked the best and the most. It's in those moments that you see your community come up behind you and be that loud voice that says, no, you keep going and you keep moving mm. because our strength is in him um, and the community and the people that can point us back to him. So, so good. And I love what you said just, just then. I can't, like you want to throw in the towel because I can't do this anymore. And it's in those moments, it's like, no, I can't, like, oh I can't do it. Mm-mm. It's only through him at work in us and with the support of people holding us up when we feel like we can't take another yeah. step. Every day I ask, why, why me? <laughs> <laughs> when you hit those hurdles or those hard things and you're like, oh my gosh, but I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know anything about that. I can't do that. <laughs> um, and I, I think it's in those moments. I think sometimes like that's why God put me there because I don't know. Oh yeah, so <laughs> because good. I don't commit. I, I, but I have to remember that that He put me there because He know. I think in some of those moments that He knows I'm not going to take it into my own hands that's because so I don't know. And so that's where building your team is so important and finding the people that have the right same vision and the mm-hmm. same mission and and building that team because we need all of us. It's, yeah. it's the body, that's it's right. the body of Christ and we need every single little piece of it. And yeah, so that, that's that been a huge learning, well, huge experience for me, but learning experiences to do Like I am not the one that's capable of all of this. He's capable of all of it. It's so good. And he's gonna provide the team and the people and the- The financial resource, everything. Everything yeah. for it. Um, so good. But taking, taking that off of me and putting it on him. I love it. Well, I love hearing the story of how how Grace Like Rain started, but everyone listening today may not know who Grace Like Rain is, what you do as a ministry. So could you tell us a little bit about the mission and vision? We've heard about the the launching pad that it was about community for people who needed help and support, but tell us a little bit about the mission and vision. Yeah, so we provide moms and dads um, with children in the home, a helping hand in times of crisis and homelessness. Um, We really believe in doing that through just listening to the family and what's going on, inviting God's people, volunteers, coaches, case managers to come alongside and partner with our families and to walk with them. And then equipping and encouraging not only our families, but our volunteers to walk with a family that's going through trauma. We want to be the community. We want to be the hands and feet of Christ. We want to love on these families where they are. And so very individualized and very relational approach to working with the families. As we began doing it, uh, you, I talked about financial resources and needs, but yeah. to get to really develop a, a safe place for these families and for our families, we've got to deal with some of the underlying causes. And we realized very quickly affordable housing is a huge need in this area. And if a family does not have a safe place to call home and for their kids to rest at night, it's really hard to focus focus on the next step. Mm. So we have gotten into housing. Um, we definitely help get families into, um, into homes and into safe places. We help with rent assistance. Mm. We do transportation, same thing. You can't get to and from work if you right. don't have a job. Yeah. I know we have a bus, but oh my gosh, I tried it one time. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put myself in their shoes and go figure out the, no way. Mm. There's no way with kids in tow, trying to get them to daycare and to work. It would have taken a, like over two hours on each wow. end of the day to just do that. And so, we help with transportation. We do. We have people that help drive um, that come alongside, or we use Lyft and some other resources to help families. And we also have cars donated that we wow. can then get to our families that are in that place. And we also help with childcare because, as I mentioned at the beginning, the um, you know your kid's sick and you're in your first thirty days. If you miss work, you get fired, and then you start yeah. that whole circle and cycle back over again. Um, we have volunteers that can 
step in sometimes and help pick up the kids from school if they're sick or keep the kids while mom goes to a job interview or dad or, you know, whatever. So there's tangible things that we help with. Um, that's the core, the coaching, the case manager, that's where we are now. And then our big vision and our mm-hmm. big dream is an actual community. Wow. Um, we've had this for three years and we're very close. In fact, I was working on it right before I came here, but um, we're looking for land and our vision is to have an actual community of probably around 50 homes, thousand square foot, three Ooh. bedroom, one bath homes that our families can live, but live together and create a community that I would want to live in, that you would want to live in. That is amazing. And fostering those relationships, um, having volunteers come in and teaching them to um, build community, build relationships. Cool, that's amazing. So it's exciting. So exciting. And and I know there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be part of it before we get to there and how they can be part of it. um, Tell us some about in the day-to-day you with your heart for helping people to develop community the way that God's wired you. What is your favorite part about what you get to do? Stories. Mm. Um, I love hearing stories. I love watching stories. Um, I don't want to, it's kind of like bird's eye view, like <laughs> seeing something unfold that we don't always even understand the way everything and all the details of what brought them to us, what um, is gonna happen moving forward, all the little intricate details of that, I absolutely love. And I love seeing where God's hand was in it Mm. from the very beginning. Someone used the the tapestry and the quilt. Like when you look at the back of a quilt, it's messy, the strings, it looks like a mess and we're looking at it going, oh my gosh, but you see these connection points, everything connects. And that's kind of how I view, that's my favorite thing is looking at those stories and going, ooh, I see that connection point to that person and that person to this, like, wow. And then flipping it to the front side and going, oh my gosh, the picture and the story and the beauty that was created from that mm. is just amazing. So I, I love the stories, even the hard ones. Yeah. Because um, he works through all of it. All of it. And goodness, stories are so, they're so powerful. And I like for people that are listening today thinking, well, I want to make a difference, but they, they let fear keep them from that. Like just imagine all of the stories that you now get to hear because- of your willingness to step out in obedience at all of these, the ripple effects and all of the quilts that are now being woven together even mm-hmm. because of your willingness to take a step out in obedience. So that's pretty amazing. So there's really great things about what you get to do, but we talked about earlier, there's also challenges. So what what's one of the biggest challenges you're facing right now as a leader? I, I think staying laser focused, mm-hmm. um, laser focused on God. It's very easy when you get into um, creating and doing something like this and you have other nonprofits and other churches and other people saying, well, maybe you should do it this way or, or maybe, oh, we've always done it like this. I think this might be the best way or, or we really need to introduce this and you know, see if that would work. I think it would work better. And as much as I love to hear advice and ideas and we want to partner and we yeah. want to stay together, my job as the founder, the leader and the visionary for this organization is to stay laser focused on God's vision for what we are doing. So good. And so for me to take 
every idea, every input, everything, and take it back to, is this what God's calling us to do? Mm. Um, and sometimes it's hard because you have to say, no, nah, I don't really think. And you have to turn things away that might appear to be amazing. Yeah. But it's not what you feel like God's, where he's leading you and, or where he's leading us. And so I think the biggest challenge for me is that just staying laser focused on him and where, what he has for us and not allowing other stuff to interfere with that. So good. There's a passage that talks about, don't look to the left, to the right, Mm -hmm. like keep your eyes on me. And um, it is, it's challenging when you've got really great input, even like you said, I think about some of the, the things that the disciples were called to do that probably made absolutely no sense to the people around them. But when, when you hear clearly, this is the way you're supposed to go, you gotta go anyways. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so tell us today for people who are listening who might not know yet enough about Grace Like Rain, how can people get involved with what you're doing? Okay, we have, um, we have a great website and we have a calendar on there that we're really working to keep up to date with events and things that are going on. Um, we also have a great Facebook page and we are very active on our social media, Facebook and Instagram, just putting things out there and listing the needs for, for the community and what we have. Yeah. Um, we always need volunteers. We need people to be the hands and feet on the ground, to be mm. the hands and feet of Christ, to love on our families and to serve our families. We need coaches, case managers, childcare drivers, whatever it is, I want you to serve in the place that you feel called to serve. And so when you come and say, hey, I wanna volunteer, my first question is, what are your passions? <laughs> yeah. Where do you wanna serve? And then we're gonna find you a place to plug you in. That's so good. So I want it to be geared towards you. Um, the volunteer application's on our website, uh, glrtx.org. So you can fill that out. We also have a volunteer conference coming up February 23rd. Very exciting. From nine to three, it's our very first one. It'll actually be at Cross Timbers Denton campus. And it'll be a great opportunity to learn more about about who we are, join in some fellowship and some community, but also get some training on trauma care and some different um, areas that really diving into, hey, okay, I think I might could do this. Um, Cause really honestly, a coach is a friend, it's a neighbor. Mm. Um, it's, you don't have to be all put together to be a coach. Mm. It's, it really is a neighbor. Cause honestly, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> And I'm not, you know, we're, we're not, nobody's put together, nobody's right. finished. And yeah. so I think it's being humble, being vulnerable and following the Lord. And if you have those um, character traits, you can be a coach and we can give you the tools and walk with you to do that. So coaching is always huge. And then financial partners, we need monthly financial partners. Um, this is our day-to-day operations of uh, rent assistance, even, you know, staff to keep things running. Um, childcare, transportation, all the different things that it takes to go and, and to build and to, to build something like yeah. this. We need monthly partners to be able to make that happen and to continue that happening. So so lots of places for the people who are listening today, they're like, okay, I'm ready to be a difference maker. I'm ready to use my gifts, my passions, my story to make a difference. And I, I have no doubt that there are people who, as you've talked today about the vision that they do have unique gifts and passions and they're gonna be ready to take a step and, and get plugged in. So. T- tell her about your website one more time. It's uh, glrtx.org. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So there, there's gonna be people who they feel today like they're, they've, they've had that, that unique situation that you described earlier that they know God's called them to something. 
And for whatever reason, they're allowing fear or lies or the voices of other people to keep them from stepping out and being a a leader in the place that God's given them influence. So what would you tell those people today if you could sit across the table from them like we are today? Just do it. <laughs> um, I I was thinking about this question and honestly, just do it. Um, walk forward, start talking to people, start, you'll, you're gonna have naysayers, but honestly, if it's in line with what God is calling, it, what God wants, if it's in line biblically, if it's in line with what Christ and how he chooses us to live or teaches us to live, just do it, go. And you're gonna see that he is going to lead the way moment by moment, day by day. And I, I know I said this earlier, but I I am not capable of leading this organization and what it's become in the last three years. I, mm. I mean, I'm overwhelmed every day looking at it. I am not capable of that, mm. but God is. Amen. What I am capable of doing is following him each and every day and asking him to lead the way. And so if I can wake up every day and ask that and asking him to lead me in the way, then I am capable of doing this. And so are you. That's so because good. Because all of us are capable of that. So just Amen. do it. So good. So just do it. So you've heard from Michelle today, just her sharing her story. And and so I just want to encourage you to ask God, what's my first step? Like what, that we don't have to see every step along the path. We don't, as long as we know the destination of where we're headed, it's just to take one step. And he promises his word is a lamp to our feet, which means he's going to light up every every next step of the way. And so just encourage you today to just press into him and to to ask him what's my next step and then to just do it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. It's been such a sweet conversation and we're just praying blessings over Grace Like Rain and and can't wait to see what God's gonna do with that community that that you're building and to watch the hundreds of lives that are gonna be changed. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, y'all have a great day. 